You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau go with a home team. Charlie, late night last night. Yes, it was. You know, I tried to encourage you to record this last night, but you weren't having anything to do with that. Yeah, I hit a wall about about a halftime last night, and then uh, you end up losing a game, and so I didn't feel I didn't feel up to it last night, Charlie. I'm sorry. It would have made for a lot easier day today. You've given us the entire day to do our own thing. You could have done whatever you do. I could have gone kayaking this afternoon, but no. We, I made us come back in the studio this morning, so you're welcome. Indeed you did. Yes. And what for? All for what, Bart? So that you could be happier, more upbeat, more excited than you would have been a night ago? Because I don't sense a lot of change in your attitude. Last night... After the first segment of the post-game show, I said, hey, anything else we need to do different? And you were like, you need to bring a little bit more energy because I had zero. I made you coffee, as a matter of fact. You, you did make me coffee last night. And so we are in the Farm Bureau studios, and this is Sunday Coffee, brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew, three locations, Spring Street, Highway 12. It was packed again this morning. You can go get that great coffee. You can get... Uh, the pastries as well. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. The mugs, but uh, go see our friends at Strange Brew. They're also in Tupelo as well on Gloucester Street. And now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Strange Brew Coffee House bringing you Sunday coffee. All right, we lose 37-30 to 30 last night at South Carolina. Charlie... I want to feel better about it. I want to feel better about where we are offensively because we talked about this in the pregame show yesterday. It's almost like what do you pick to uh, to better yourself on first? Is it offense? Is it defense? Special teams has actually been pretty good. Is it line play? I thought last night, you know, of course, going over the top and South Carolina kind of dared us to throw it over the top, and we were able to take advantage of that. Tulu Griffin set a – Mississippi State record last night for receiving yards. So you had some positives in the game. If you're looking for glass half full, Bart, I tell you, hey, we put up 30 points, glass half empty, you're not going to beat many teams on the road when you give up 37. Not going to beat many teams anywhere giving up 37, and particularly when you take a team that can't run the football and allow them to run the football. And it wasn't that they just – lit up the stat sheet with it, but they ran it a lot. And I thought they used that to help control the tempo of the ball game. They ran it with more success than they've had all year, arguably in all three of their games combined. So that wasn't good. I thought we were a better defensive team when Sean Preston was in the ball game. So what I would say is this morning I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed in the way you are anytime you lose a game. I'm not demoralized. Last weekend was demoralizing. Last weekend was one of those moments where it was, whew, this is not good. 
you lost a ball game last night. You feel like you missed some chances, but it's in the range of acceptability. Is that it? I, I should say maybe in the range of expectation. Look, that we basically lost by the spread last night, right? We did. And if you'd have asked me before the game started, I mean, I thought that game could have gotten away from us, especially if they came out hot. And then when they came out and scored the first two drives of the game, one a 98-yard drive, the other a 99-yard drive, I'm sitting there going, we're not going to stop them at all. And what he, he completed his first 17 passes. I mean, that's hard to do against air. Charlie, we were talking about this last night. When you look in the second half of the Arizona game, and then you look at last week against LSU, and then you add last night against South Carolina. Quarterback numbers against us over the last 10 quarters are Epic. pretty staggering. Epic. We can't stop the pass. But we make up for it by not stopping the run. So, uh, hey, look, we're struggling right now on defense. But I, I think it's just the inability to – to cover deep. Now, I say that. Rather only had one throw over 20 yards last night. He wore us out on the intermediate routes, and then they did what, you know, Legette does what he does and turned intermediate passes into big, long gains. Yeah, the uh, the angles were not very great last night, and that's kind of an understatement. Was it more concerning to you that um, that they did what they did in the secondary or does it concern you more that we're getting you know, zero pass rush? Because when you look at our defensive line and you look at our offensive line, what did we say before the season started? These are veteran guys up front on the defensive line and on the offensive line. Now, we may be a little bit banged up on the defensive side, but, man, when you're not getting any pressure whatsoever, he dropped back 26 times last night, 19 blitzes, 19 of the 26 times we blitzed last night. And so when you take your linebackers out of the equation, you talk about intermediate routes being wide open. That's the case. He had on short intermediate routes last night. Rattler was 12 of 14. And that's uh, and it goes right back to what you're saying. It, I just haven't seen us get home enough with our linebackers to feel great about bringing that pressure. I thought the one guy who did get some pressure back there at times was Preston when you had him in the game. But I – we're not getting home enough. Now, I thought Nathan Pickering played well. I did, too. Um, I think he is having probably one of the underrated seasons for us right now. I thought he played a good game. But it just isn't working altogether. South Carolina has been so bad running the football. And then last night, as you said, they run it for 144. And that's factoring in the sacks there. And so 47 carries last night, 144. Rattler is not a running quarterback, and he had the only two rushes last night over 20 yards. And so they they end up with 432 yards of offense. They pass for 288. That was one of the numbers I talked about Friday was keeping him, you know, at under 300 yards passing. We were able to do that. But we threw the caveat in there. If you do that, you can't give up 100 yards rushing. Well, they rushed for 144 in the game. Hey, I want to go back to one thing on the pass rush a minute because we're talking about Pickering. You know, we only had seven pressures last night. Four of them resulted in sacks. But, again, that's our highest win percentage by a defensive player was 10%. So you add all that, and then when we were bringing that pressure to get to the point you were just making, you talk about Rattler. If you get out of your lanes, what's he do? 
Yeah. There was a couple of times last night on big plays, we just ran right past you. The thing that stands out to me about last week, Jaden Daniels, and in this game, Spencer Rattler, how many turnover-worthy passes do they make? How many big-time throws do they make? Because I think back to the game last night, I think back to the game against LSU. I mean, it's not like he's having to thread the needle to complete 85% of his passes. I mean, everything is open. And so it's not like a situation of, hey, it's an inch there, an inch, you know, inch here, inch there. You're coming up with a pick or batting the ball down. By the way, we get a lot of balls batted down. But you hate to say the term easy throws, but that's what we're seeing right now is when you're not getting any kind of pressure at all. I can't think of a single time last night where I said, man, we almost picked that one. Yeah. Well, we said that before the season started now. I remember the week before the season, you brought this up. What did we have last year? 14 interceptions? Yeah, I think 12 of them are gone. 12 of them are gone. Where are they going to come from? And right now, you know, four weeks deep in the season, a third of the way through the season, we're still saying, hey, where are they going to come from? Jet Johnson has two picks in one game. You'd have to say that he's probably done as good a job of anybody in pass defense. And so that's that's one of the things that, man, just you just wonder how – is it scheme? Is It it shouldn't be scheme because this is the scheme these guys came up in. Well, then that leads to the next question. If it's not scheme, is it defensive play calling? Is that the issue? Are we putting ourselves in bad spots? Are we blitzing too much? I don't know. that. Whatever it is, right now guys are completing passes against us like they're throwing against air. Now, let's flip the page a minute, talk about our offense. Um, you have to feel better. Now, South Carolina is not an elite defense. Let's, let's be clear about that. But we had a team last night. I've always said if I was playing Mississippi State, I'd stack the line of scrimmage and dare us to throw it long. That's what South Carolina did, and we responded. We responded pretty well to that, I thought. Oh, I thought so, too. Do you know what stands out to me about South Carolina? I think they're just an average football team. I don't. I think Rattler, top two or three probably quarterbacks in the league, the, the ability to throw the football. I kind of wondered why they tried to run it so much last night. Now, they had some success. I mean, they averaged 3.1 per rush last night. But it was almost like that basketball team – that has the seven-footer that the 6'2 guys guarding, that every single play you could score points, but you want to jack up threes. <laughs> Last night it just seemed like the passing game was there all night long, and they just kept trying to run it. And so I, those numbers probably could have been a lot, a lot, lot worse because they didn't elect to throw the ball much. But I go back to the point. I think they're an average football team. I think we're an average football team. And it goes back to the point of what we talked about a few weeks ago. Last year, we played Auburn at home. That was an average football team. Well, they were not very good last year. Arkansas was an average, above-average football team. A&M was an average football team last year. And you played those games at home. This is the year where you play the teams that you're matched up against. Now, we get Kentucky at home. We get Ole Miss at home. They're very similar to us. This is the year you have to go to A&M. You have to go to South Carolina. you got to go to Arkansas. And so those tweener games on the road, you're going to have to win one or two of these. Our schedule is always better when we get Alabama and LSU on the road. 
in terms of trying to win eight. You right. Know, if, if your goal is to get to eight or nine wins, I'd much rather have those guys on the road. Hey, let me give you a, something we were just talking about throwing the football. I think maybe if we were to go back and say, like, what are we going to be talking about three minute, three weeks from now, a month and a half from now? What changed for Mississippi State? If this offense decides it's going to keep playing well, let me give you a nomination for what changed. And that is the final 38 seconds of the first half last night. You know, what do we see the past couple of weeks? We haven't trusted Will to throw the football. Hey, I was fully anticipating taking a knee. I was too, and here's what we do. We come out. So they've scored. Let's let's reset here. South Carolina has scored the touchdown after they drive the field, and they go up 20-14. to 14. For some reason, you know, Shane Beamer is going to get talked about as making great decisions. The decision, however, to go for two, having a kicker throw back to the left side, Mind blowing was. Hey, we strange. end up winning if we end up kicking a field goal or something and tying that game going to overtime. And you end up winning. Something happens where you needed a field goal instead of a touchdown. Man, you talk about getting hammered this morning. Not as bad as Notre Dame's getting hammered this morning about having ten guys on the field on the last play of the game. On the last two plays. Last two plays. How does that? How does that? And they happen? had a timeout in the middle. And so I want to come back to that because there's a bigger discussion I want to have, kind of about the state of football right now. But let's talk about this drive. Final 38 seconds. We get the ball to our 25. They kicked it in the end zone. They're up 20 to 14. We go pass to Robinson for 11. Incomplete. You go pass to Xavion for 13. Pass to Robinson for 11. Pass to Pittman for four. We get the extra attempt. There's another one. You talk about, again, you know, we want to put things on our coaching staff, but Look, this team that we thought was pretty good in special teams in a 38-second span botches a two-point conversion and then lines up over the center on a field goal attempt from 54 yards hmm. to give us the second kick at. That's the second time that's happened this year, by the way, that we've gotten the extra swing. And so it's a 2017 game instead of what should have been 21-14. But to me, if I'm Kevin Barbe, the memory of that drive has got to stick with me a little bit. Because that was the point where we decided we weren't taking the knee, to your point, I thought we would. And we just said, let's go. And it worked. Now, is it going to work every time? No. But I think there's probably some lessons to be to be taken from that. A couple things. One, Kevin Barbe was actually in the booth last night and not on the field. You don't know how much that plays into it at all, just allowing him to kind of take a, a, a breath away. And, you know, one of the reasons offensive coordinators want to be on the sideline, they want to be able to look their quarterback in the eye. They want to get the feel of the game. But sometimes, too, the reason guys go up top is to get away from distractions and get away from things on the sideline. Well, I think back a couple of weeks ago, we were playing LSU, and DeCarlos Nicholson's in the ball game at corner. His helmet comes off. He has to come out of play. You can see that very clearly from up high. Sometimes when you're down in the traffic, it's harder to tell those things. Somebody up top may be having to tell you. LSU saw it. What did they do the very next play? Went, went after him. Right at the spot where you had the backup in. I think when you're up, it gives you a little more perspective. It gives you a chance to see what's happening. So I would be really surprised if we don't see him stay up in the press box. Stay up in the press box. Hey, this is Sunday Coffee, and we're brought to you by our good friends at Maroon and Company. Maroon and Company, in the Cotton Mill Marketplace, you can go to maroonandco.com, 
course, a home game this next Saturday night at 8 o'clock. So you've got all day to shop here in Starkville. So go by the store. Try by Chick-fil-A next to campus. And when you walk to the counter, give them the promo code LEFTFIELD15. And you can use it online as well at maroonandco.com. And they'll give you 15% off your order. That's where we shop. That's where my family shops. Maroon and Company. They also have the interlocking MSU stuff, the state script, all the different logos. If you like the banner M, that's fine. But go to maroonandco.com and they'll get you exactly what you want. The largest selection in store and online. New products arriving weekly. That's at Maroon and Company. Charlie, I thought looking at the first two drives when they go 98-99, and I'm sitting there going, this may be the 45-14 to 14 game that we saw last week, or 41-14 to 14 against LSU. That's may, that may be what we see right now. But then we get the football, and we go over the top to Tulu, and it was almost like the switch flipped a little bit. It was almost like that was the shot of adrenaline. That was that B12 shot that you just needed. And it seemed like that just changed our confidence in throwing the football. It will look like a different guy. Now, are we still making mistakes on offense? Yeah. Do we have receivers that may be running together? They're running left. Will's throwing right. Everybody on the same page? No, you're not on a, on page 95% of the time. But I thought some big-time throws last night from Will Rogers may have changed the game for us offensively. And that's kind of what you thought from a Kevin Barbe style of offense the over-the-top, the home run plays, we saw that last night really for the first time. And and they gave it to us, and we took advantage. And so maybe that sends a message to other teams that if you are going to walk guys down in the box, you know, think about it because we now have shown the ability. Before tonight, we hadn't shown that ability, at least not in this season. So maybe it gives some opposing defensive coordinators something to think about a little bit. One of the things we talked about last night off-air – is how much we're able to watch the game when the game's on TV. Because if it's a home game and we got so many different things going on, some, so many times you talk about watching the game from the sideline versus watching it in the press box, that's us too. And so last night we were able to really watch the game. And I think, you know, Tom and Jordan, they do a good job from a broadcast standpoint. I couldn't understand them harboring the point about the timeouts – the way that Zach Arnett utilized those timeouts at the end of the first half. Now, he should have had all three. He had to burn a timeout about the interception. Now, was that a great throw by Will? No, it was not. But I still don't – I still can't get – I talked to a couple people this morning about reestablishing, reestablishing yourself in the field of play. I mean, we gave up some points on that drive. We had scored a touchdown. We had a holding that you didn't, didn't have to hold right there. And then you throw the interception that eh, I, I still can't be convinced that that was the right call. But it happens. Now, the fumble, going back and looking at the fumble, and we saw this last night as soon as it happened, I was not going to be surprised since they called it a fumble on the field, even though Will was able to throw it 10 yards down the field with a spiral. You're seeing more and more of that in college football. If it's jarred loose, if you don't have – complete control of it when your arm is moving forward, then they're going to call that a fumble. Had they called that an incomplete pass on the field, maybe they uphold that last night. But uh, I'm not surprised at all. I think that's a 50-50 call. I guess I'm not surprised only because of how it was called. 
going back to what you said, it was called a fumble on the field. I guess presumption stays with the call. I don't like that call at all, though, because I feel like it's got to be one where the presumption is that it is a pass under the rule. You So you start with the idea that he's trying to throw the football. And so I didn't see enough in my mind to, to make that a fumble. But um, such as it is, look, here's the bottom line. We, we can talk about officials, and the, we, we've done that for years, yeah. rightly. Um, you just can't go on the road and give up 98 and 99-yard drives. You just can't. Um, now, we played a lot better defensively, I thought, in the second half. I thought Sean Preston had a lot to do with that. But defensively, we're not where we need to be. And I don't know where the breakdown is coming. I don't know whether – look, we are banged up on the defensive front. You talked about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, but we we got to get better in the secondary. And we got to get better at stopping quarterbacks who can run the football. And guess what you're going to see next week? Yeah, Bill Rowe. Is going to be the best running quarterback. He's going to be a different style of running back, a quarterback than we saw with Jaden Daniels. Daniels could kill you running the ball. So could Delora for Arizona. This will be more of a KJ Jefferson style that you'll see later at Arkansas. Boy, I didn't expect them to go down to LSU and put up that kind of fight. Well, they really did. LSU kind of slept walk. I thought a little bit. I was back and forth of that game a little bit. They were they were dead. Did you see any of the Auburn-Texas A&M game? Yeah, it set offense back about 80 years. And that's why I go back to the point. I know we focus on ourselves. And I'm not trying to deflect blame right here and say, hey, just look at everybody else. Buddy, you look at everybody else. And going back to your point a minute ago, Charlie, about the state of football and the state of coaching and the state of development of players. It's not great. And so and let me let me give you my theory, okay? We are at a time in college football where you can go in the portal and you can go attract players to help you win games. It doesn't necessarily make you a better team. I mean, it makes you a better team relative to everyone else, right? But I think the state of football right now, it's, I think it's real easy to look and say, these are mistakes we didn't make five years ago. Notre Dame played the final two plays of the game against a top ten opponent at home, a game that had been circled forever, in the final two plays with a timeout in between them with ten men on the field. field. We're seeing more and more. I mean, there's just a lot of – I hate saying this, but there's a lot of bad football. A lot of people say, hey, look at the league. The league's down. I think football's just not very good right now, and it goes back to what you're talking about. People are moving. They're not developing. And, again, I want to be clear on this, too, because – a lot of people like to blame it on the players. Well, the, these guys are leaving. If they don't get what they want, they're taking their ball and going home, they're leaving. Um, I'm not going to get into a big Coach Prime discussion right now, but he told a bunch of people to hit the road, right? I mean, there are a lot of coaches telling guys to leave because that's the spot they're in, right? If you are now a coach and you decide you're going to be loyal to your roster, you're not going to be a coach very long. Well, and, you know, we used to say – Sometimes there are a reason guys went to junior college. And sometimes, too, when you start saying you know, at the power five level of people trying to say, hey, listen, if you want to play, you're going to have to hit the road because they're not going to be able to play. Just because somebody's in the transfer portal doesn't mean they're a good player. And just because you go out 
and you get a guy, and I'm not I'm not saying anything about us. I'm just saying anybody in general. Just because you get somebody out of the transfer portal doesn't mean they're going to help your program. No, but what I'm saying too is that I think that's absolutely right. But in addition to that, um, because of the number of people who are transferring, even who are good players, they have less time in the system. It, the product isn't as pretty as it is if you've got guys who've been in the same system for three years. Meaning guys aren't developing no. within a, a style of defense anymore. And we kind of get lost on the guys that uh, – you know, Bo Nix. And it took Bo a little bit of time out at Oregon to acclimate himself to Oregon. He's in year two out there right now. I think we focus a lot on the guys that hit. And there's a, a lot more people that don't hit than do hit when it comes to the portal. All right, from a coaching standpoint – wouldn't you say this is the hardest time? This is not just at Mississippi State, but this is this is at South Carolina, this is at North Carolina, this is at Kansas State, this is wherever. That is harder right now to be a coach. Now I know a lot of people say, well, I mean, with the salaries you make, I mean, well, the salaries are high as right now as they've ever been, and man, you make a good living. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Would I want my son to go into it? Probably, yeah. But wouldn't you say this is the hardest time to be a coach? from a development standpoint, from having 10 guys on the field? Because not only are you worried about X's and O's, not only are you worried about recruiting, now you're worried about recruiting your roster. Now you're worried about so many other variables out there that just coaching football is like one of 18, eight things you've got to do. No, I think that's absolutely right. I think head coaches across country, I think it's one of the reasons you're going to see guys get out of it. Or go to the pro game, where at least there's no pretense about what you're doing. You're talking about going to the pro game? Talking about pro players? You know who's a pro player? I'm going to guess that you're going Cannon Ford here. They're pros at everything. Cannon Ford of Startville on Highway 182, just east of Startville. They are pros in the sales business. They are pros in the service business. They are pros in the body shop. Our good friends at Cannon Ford, new or used cars, they've got an influx of vehicles on the lot. And if they have, if if you want something that they don't have, they can find it for you. So go by and see our good friend Chris Keen and the great people at Cannon Ford of Startville. If you need your oil changed, you need your tires rotated, you got a big old dent in the bumper, go to the body shop. But our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startville. All right. So going forward, we play Alabama on Saturday night, 8 o'clock. We said before the season started we could be a good football team and be 2-3 and three after one month of the season. Now, are we a good football team? I mean, last night, what was that, the third most yards we've ever thrown for in school history? I mean, that was a bunch of yards we threw for last night. I definitely think you have to say. All right, but where do you want to rank our rushing performance? Well, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> There's glass well, half empty, Charlie. Well, no, because here, I guess here's the, the frustration. Um, or, or maybe I shouldn't be frustrated. But what did we all say before the game that one of the keys was going to be? Can Running. you establish the run? And this Woody is, Marks was going to be the key. Your number was 105. We could have played that game half a dozen times and he doesn't hit 105. And that was the frustrating thing is because even on the first play of the game against the South Carolina team that has really not done a good job at all stopping the run, I mean, there were guys in every daggum hole, every lane coming up there. He didn't now, have any, anywhere to go. Again? They were stacking the line. Again, maybe that's 
maybe there's a reason we could hard run to block eight with six. Uh, and then, hey, that's another thing. We talk about blocking with five and blocking with six. I thought we kept guys in last night, kept tight end in more. The running backs did a better job of blocking at times. But the who did a better job of blocking? Um, running backs at times. Okay, I didn't know if you were including. But what, so what I'm about to say is, and this is not a knock at anybody in the room whatsoever, we are playing in this offense still without a position. Because right now you're not getting a whole lot of production at all from a pass-catching standpoint from the tight end position. I think when you get some tight ends in the system. Where would you be offensively right now if you had Spivey? You'd, you'd be a different team. I think at you At least would. in theory. Um, so I think that that's obviously been a big loss. You talk about portal hits and misses. That was a guy coming in that, that you thought had a chance to be a pretty good hit for you, and, and it didn't work. Um, so, all right, you've got Alabama coming in. We talked about, as you say, we could be a pretty good team, be two and three. We're not a pretty good team right now, but I did see some things last night. Let, let me ask you this. See if you will buy what I'm about to say. If you have to have questions answered in a hurry on this football team, wouldn't you rather feel be waking up today saying my offense played good and we lost as opposed to my defense played good and we lost? Point being this, Zach Arnett is a defensive coach and he has put good defenses out on the field. We know that can be fixed, right? As much as you can know something. Right, but just because of the sample size that we have seen and this being year four, I think you can say that if it is fixable, you do have someone that can fix it. Yeah, I would rather have to fix my defense right now than my offense because when we started this week, I don't think any of us thought there were a lot of answers there. No, no. And, hey, remind you, what LSU did to us last week has happened some in the last – you know, we want to talk about the air raid style. We've gotten shut down sometimes. I'm kind of interested to see how this offense does against Alabama because in the three years against Alabama in the air raid. Yeah, I will say this. Of all the opponents we have played, the one that makes the least compelling argument for us in a matchup for the success of the air raid, we're about to see. Let's see if this works any different. Yep. But you know who else works different, Bart? Power Technology Solutions. They work different. How would you like that? They are different. They are completely different. Mississippi Company, go to HowardComputers.com. Anything electronic, they can find it for you. Computers, desktops, it doesn't even have to be a Howard brand. They make their own computers. Howard Computers. But if you need to buy a Dell, anything. Anything is a big word, Bart. Anything that you can plug in, they can either get it to you or they can tell you where to go get it. Okay, well, now that, that expands the field a little bit. <laughs> it does. Tell you where to go get because, it. Because let me tell you why. Because the great salesman in life can sell you anything. And that's what Rusty Toms and David Perkins can do. And that's what Bennett Witcher can do. Those guys are equipping the future of Mississippi when going into these See, class- I think you're underplaying this thing, though. You, you always harp on this Mississippi company. In Mississippi, I mean, these guys are doing stuff all over the world. Well, they are doing stuff all over the world. And, you know, listen to you, they're kind of working around Shookalock, you know. and Well, most of, the people, most of the people that are listening to the show, even though we do have an influx of people that are listening in the state of Texas and Alabama and Louisiana, 
Hey, we're not just a Mississippi show either, Charlie. Probably should be, but that's a different issue. It is. But HowardComputers.com, and they can help you in the audio-visual business, the security world, the security business, computer security, and so our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. All right. I don't want to talk about this anymore. You done? I, I just, I want to do something else today. Maybe watch the Cowboys play. Maybe just sit at my desk and stare off into space. I'm not happy, but I'm not despondent. Yeah, we were despondent last week. Last week was tough. This week is just more one of those. I think the frustrating thing, and you hit on this a minute ago, the frustrating thing about this week is that when you look at this schedule and you start to do the math trying to get to seven or eight wins, there's a group of teams that are those swing games. A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, who looks tougher. Auburn, and this was one of them. This Kentucky, is one of them. And you dropped a swing game. We, You run the numbers, you run the math. LSU is going to beat us 95% of the time given these matchups. I'm not – I think that's probably right, actually. I don't know what the FPS prediction was. I bet it's 80. Yeah. All right, it's 80% of the time. This was one, though, where we we were in range. We had a shot. They were probably we 55 They were probably 55% because they played at home. If we play that game at, at start, well, we're probably 55%. And it's going to be very close to the same thing when you play Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Ole Miss. So, to me, that's what's – Frustrating, but I do see some rays of hope amidst the dark clouds of despair. I see a lot of rays of hope. I'm leaving here glass half full, Bart. This week will be glass half full for me. All right, so I'll get, let's touch on those. Let's end on a high note. What do we have right now that we can't say we've had this much promise in in a while? We've got a bona fide receiver. We've got a bona fide kicker, too. What we do? All right. Fury, hey, that one, the 49-yarder, I thought was leaking left. His ball, it does some things, doesn't it? Yeah. There are things taking place at municipal golf courses today that will not move that much. I mean, that thing was, it was, I don't know how he does it. That was a Kendall Graven two-seam fastball is what but, that was. But he got it there. So, you feel good where you are there. Tulu is a big-time player. You see – enough of Zavion to know what he can do for you. You know what Justin Robinson can do for you. And we saw last night starting to get connected in the passing game. Those are good things. But, you know, you always talk about where is a coach gonna, head coach going to spend his time in the off week. People say, well, he needs to spend his time with the defense. He needs to spend – so if, if you had a magic fix right now between now and next week, and Zach Arnett could go in a room and he could fix it, but he can only pick one. Which position group are you picking? Offensive line. I was caught between offensive line and secondary. I think offensive line is more technique-based. I think being a defensive defensive backfield is a lot about speed and agility. There was one. That first play of the second half yesterday. Yeah. There, there's no technique in the world that was going to help no. that. Just straight by. That's just athleticism. That's just mano a mano. All right, Charlie. Hey, can't say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I did last week. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. All right. Hey, once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship that great coffee to you. I'm drinking my blueberry-flavored 
coffee this morning with a little bit of cream, no sugar, getting rid of the sugar, Charlie. A little bit at a time. I'm going back to black coffee, all right? But still got a little bit of cream. Come on. All right. Cannon Ford of Starkville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com. And, oh, I almost forgot again. But you can't forget these guys. you got to shop with them. You're looking for Mississippi State gear? You've got to go to Maroon and Company. Maroonandco.com and use the promo code LEFTFIELD15. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.